Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Our opening theme music today is from the Himalayan Tourist Train. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave. This is edition NWS 589 for release on Sunday, June 7th, 2020. On WaveScan today, the land of the white tiger, the radio scene in the Indian state of West Bengal. And we have the HFCC group of experts meeting information about that, which took place in Malaysia. Also our Japan DX reports and some other news as well. The Indian state of West Bengal is located against the eastern edge of the Indian subcontinent. This state is long and generally narrow, and it stretches 500 miles from the mangrove swamps in the Sundarbans to the south, right up to the high Himalaya foothills in the north. The rare white tiger is occasionally glimpsed in the Sundarban swamps, though several are in captivity in the zoo at New Delhi. More now from Ray Robinson on the radio scene in West Bengal. Thanks, Jeff. At the time of partition in 1947, the Hindu areas of West Bengal were absorbed into the newly independent Indian Empire, and the Muslim areas of East Bengal became the eastern wing of the new Pakistan. In a subsequent war between India and Pakistan in 1971, East Pakistan became the independent and mostly densely populated nation of Bangladesh. The Indian state of West Bengal, as it is today, is made up of three almost separate sections with, as it were, a narrow isthmus joining the separate sections. The main southern section is 150 miles wide and 200 miles long, with the huge city of Calcutta as its centre of population. The middle section of West Bengal is just 100 miles wide at the most and 200 miles long and it's joined near Parkour to the southern section by a corridor just a couple of miles wide. The northern section is maybe 50 miles north to south and 100 miles wide and it's joined near Bidhar Nagar to the middle section by the Siliguri Corridor just 10 miles wide. It stated that during the Middle Ages in Europe, Bengal was a major world trading nation, and it was often referred to by the Europeans as being the richest country in the world. That was the reason why William Carey, who's honoured as the world's most successful Christian missionary, chose to begin his ministry in Bengal. A major tourist attraction in West Bengal is the quaint railway train that runs on a narrow-gauge line from near Siliguri through Kursiong up to Darjeeling at the foot of the Himalaya. This tortuous 55-mile-long railway line was constructed during the late 1800s and together with all of the tourist stops, it's a half-day journey through rugged mountain scenery. Radio broadcasting was introduced into West Bengal just on 100 years ago when a 500-watt Marconi transmitter was imported from England and used for a public demonstration in Calcutta on 375 kHz under the callsign 2BZ. The first shortwave transmitter in West Bengal was a 700-watt unit that was installed with the AIR station VUC at Kosipuri 
an old suburban area of North Calcutta, in 1932. However, in our programme today, we're taking a look at the shortwave and mediumwave radio scene in the rural areas of West Bengal, beyond the regions associated with the capital city, Calcutta. Traditional shortwave and mediumwave stations have been installed in only two cities in the rural parts of this Indian state, and they're both right up in the very north. The first city is that of Kursiong, which is located in the northern section of West Bengal, just a half a dozen miles from the border with Nepal, and less than a dozen miles from the border with Sikkim. Kursiong was, in earlier times, part of the separate kingdom of Sikkim, and it was taken over by the British as a summer hill station during the colonial era. This mountainous area enjoys a pleasant climate throughout the year. The city name Kursiong in the regional language refers to the locally grown little white orchid flower, though more prolific these days are the tea garden estates, all 78 of them in the Kursiong area. The city population is listed at around 42,000. The first radio broadcasting station in Kursiong was a shortwave facility due to the fact that shortwave coverage in the high hills and huge valleys provides better propagation than medium wave or FM. The studios were installed in the Meta Club building, which is located a little downhill from the towers and transmitters at the top of the tourist venue Eagles Craig. The first shortwave transmitter was a temporary 2 kilowatt unit that was taken into service on June 2nd, 1962. Programming was from Delhi and Calcutta, as relayed off-air from AIR Calcutta on shortwave, 300 miles distant. Among the languages heard from AIR Kursiong were English, Hindi, Nepali, as well as the national languages in Sikkim, Bhutan and Tibet. Six months later, a new 20 kilowatt shortwave transmitter was installed and this replaced the original smaller unit. The larger transmitter, an American-made Gates model HF20BX, was activated in January 1963. The original intent for this transmitter was for installation at Trivandrum in Kerala, South India, but due to rising international tension in the northern border areas at the time, it was quickly diverted for installation at Kursiong. Back then, there was no AIR radio station in Kursiong. 32 years later, the 20 kilowatt transmitter was now old, and it needed replacing. A 50 kilowatt Indian-made BEL transmitter model HHB144 from Bangalore was thus installed, and it was taken into service in 1995. However, a score of years later, this transmitter was also getting old, and there were times when it malfunctioned and it was on the air at reduced power, or even off the air altogether. In fact, just one year ago, on July 30th, 2019, AIR Kursiong shortwave was officially decommissioned. However, since then, AIR headquarters in Delhi has reversed that decision and instead, a new 50 kilowatt analogue transmitter will be installed in the transmitter building at Kursiong in the northern areas of the Indian state of West Bengal. That is a most welcome move that's the reverse of what's happening in some other parts of the world. Perhaps this new shortwave unit will be activated sometime next year. 
Not so well known, though, is that there was also a medium wave transmitter located in Kersiong, a 1 kilowatt unit on 1440 kHz, with programming intended for the local area, much of which was relayed from AIR Kolkata. AIR Kersiong medium wave was on the air for about 17 years, all within this 21st century. The second city we're looking at today is the northern regional city of Siliguri, with its three-quarter million population, also located in the foothills of the mighty Himalaya in the northernmost section of the Indian state of West Bengal. Siliguri lies about a dozen miles south of Kursiong and just half a dozen miles from the northernmost border with Bangladesh. The area is noted for its abundance of wildlife, including 243 different bird species. The first radio station in Siliguri was activated late in the year 1963, with 20 kilowatts on 1560 kHz. This AIR transmitter was installed two miles out of town on Sivoki Road, State Highway 10, which runs northward towards Sikkim. The operating frequency for AIR Siliguri was subsequently changed to 700 kHz, and later again to 711 kHz. Then, some 30 years ago, two transmitters at 100 kW each were installed, and these days this station can run in the analog mode or the digital mode. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Two weeks ago, Jerry Plummer and I were discussing Day 3 of the High Frequency Coordination Conference, or HFCC, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which took place at the end of February this year, as the coronavirus crisis was quickly spreading around the world. Today we continue talking with Jerry about the meeting. This was recorded at the conference in Kuala Lumpur, and we began by discussing what's called the Group of Experts meeting. There were a few interesting uh, topics. Uh, one of them I wasn't aware of, uh, but uh, uh, I guess Sergi was because he, he spent a month at a work uh, yeah. conference, World Administrative Radio Conference, yeah, in Sharm El Sheikh, yeah. Egypt, which uh, sounds like hard work for a month. It, it, but, uh, it, isn't that pretty close to um, Cairo? Yeah, but it's on the Red Sea, and uh, I uh, understand it's very bad. nice. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. But anyway, they, were just, they did discuss some important business, I guess. They're relating to radio issues that come up every four years, these World Administrative Radio right, Conferences. Right. And one of the items was... Um, I guess, a, a petition by the HFCC to users of the aviation bands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, asking them not to interfere with broadcast stations that are adjacent to these aviation yeah, that's bands. that's right, that's right. Because as I understand it, some of these stations can go out of band a little ways into the HF broadcasting uh, like, like bands. over a little mm-hmm. bit, maybe, yeah. yeah. And in the primary areas that uh, they were talking about were... 3.4 to 3.5 megahertz mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 17.9 to 17.97 megahertz. Do you guys use either? Yeah, either I was going to tell you, I pay particular attention to what he was saying because one of our uh, strongest long-term frequencies is 3215. Mm-hmm. Down so low, it's almost medium wave. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it just has a wide appeal, you know, and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, well, that 3,400, that's getting a little bit close, you know. <laughs> Do you guys yeah. got some in the 17s? 
We used to, about 17.790, I think. But uh, we haven't used that lately. We're up in, <laughs> believe it or not, 21525. Yeah, you're, you're in the 21s, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we're going to Africa uh, only. Uh, yeah, all over I've read that, that uh, people seem to be thinking that gets out into Africa. It seems maybe that's way up. That's high band. It, it seems know? like really high, but um, uh, Dan Elie, uh, who's uh, the former WIFR manager who mm-hmm. studies propagation, uh, tells us that that's, that's the band to be in. Transmitting from Florida to uh, Africa. I've read some things, uh, uh, listeners, uh, you know, these very DX boards that you see around that have reported that they're hearing that uh, uh, 21 over there. That's that's way up. (laughs) It is. is. And it it can, uh, um, our our engineers kind of don't like to go up that high. It causes, uh, uh, can cause lots of problems. Yeah, uh, I I know uh, WEWN has has the same thing because they like to go 21. But the uh, Terry Borders, who many of people have heard us talk about, he doesn't really like it up in 21 <laughs> if he can get around it. You know? well, I was looking at the, uh, t- just today, at the list of um, FCC frequencies, uh, frequencies used by uh, shortwave stations in the U.S., um, and the highest was, I think, 21.6 something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by WHRI. Yeah. And then the next highest was our 21.525. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that was one of the topics uh, at the group of experts meeting. Um, and then there was a talk about um, these frequencies for a program called International Radio for Disaster Relief, IRDR, yeah. which yeah. is an HFCC project. Yeah. And yeah. the idea is that any station can use this set of frequencies mm-hmm. that have been selected by clear channel exactly yeah yeah, and kept clear so that nobody else can be on them or should be on them right uh and used only for emergencies Mm -hmm. and the um what what i guess what they're finding is that there's not a lot it hasn't been a lot of use of these frequencies Right, right but for example with the coronavirus which is a, an emergency oh, yeah. situation oh, yeah. transworld radio uh is transmitting programs uh, to china mm-hmm. uh like four different languages and, and other yeah right. other languages right. going to to asia but um so far they haven't used the irdr frequencies because they want to use their their you know traditional frequencies so that mm-hmm. people will know where to find them right, right. and i guess that's kind of yeah, a dilemma yeah, yeah it is because the IRDR frequencies, uh, yeah, although a, an excellent idea, are not as well known. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, what is it in America? You know, like the EAS. You know, the yeah, yeah. Uh, emergency the, uh, alarm system. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, there's uh, there's certain uh, AM areas that kind of everybody t- sort of knows that that's where you turn if there's an emergency. But IRDR is not known that well. You know. No. 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 Uh, but there are, you know, stations doing emergency broadcasts uh, in various cases of, uh, you know, landslides and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and hurricanes and what have you. Yeah, typhoons but, and yeah, what have exactly. You. But, right, but they're right. using their own so far uh, their, their own frequencies. frequencies yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering, you know, maybe how to, how to exercise some more usage of that or. or yeah, was it, was it you who was telling me that um, in the U.S. we don't have to get permission from the FCC? 
to I use. No, but it was somebody that was saying that. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe it was George Ross. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently we don't have to ask, ask the FCC to use that frequency. We just use it and then mm -hmm. tell them that we're using it, mm -hmm. which is a good thing because it makes it easier to use. Yeah. You know? And they are for temporary use. You can't oh, yeah. go on using oh, yeah. it forever and no. ever. Yeah. That was part two of our conversation with Jerry Plummer of WWCR on the third day of the HFCC A20 conference in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. More from the HFCC on coming programs of WaveScan. A couple of news items now from our editor, Adrian Peterson. Jost Jacob, VU2JOS in India, informs us that Typhoon Amfam hit Bangladesh and India beginning on May 20th with severe damage in the river deltas and Kolkata areas. The several stations of AIR Kolkata were off the air for a day or two due to the damage to local electrical distribution systems. And when program broadcasting began again, some of the scheduling was irregular. On Monday, May 18th, a judge at a law court in Virginia in the U.S. gave approval that the wireless equipment aboard the RMS Titanic on the ocean floor out from Newfoundland may be removed and displayed as a valuable historic item. This spark wireless equipment was used in 1912 to call nearby shipping to rescue stricken passengers who survived the sinking of the mighty passenger liner Titanic. Off to Japan now, here's Yukiko Tsuji. Hello and welcome to the DX Report of the Month from Japan Showtime Club, aided by Toshi Otake and Amyuki Kotsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. Radio Pilipinas from Philippines was heard on 17820 kHz on May 6 from the sign-on at 0202 to 0210 UTC in English. SIO rating was 453. It signed on at 0202 with the national anthem of the Philippines, then ID was given, and the headline Manila was read by a male announcer. KTWR from Agana, Guam, was heard on 9910 kHz on May 3rd, from 10.58 with interval signal to 11.47 UTC. SIO rating was 4.54. English program Unlimited Grace was broadcast at 1100, followed by the Lowe's Challenge at 1130. Chinese program started at 1145. Radio Free Asia via Tinian, the Northern Mariana Islands, was received on 11985 kHz on May 5th from 2100 to 2200 UTC in Korean. SIO rating was 454. The programs heard were news, weather forecast, and a talk program. China Radio International was heard on 5955 kHz on May 1st from 1400 to 1430 UTC in English. SIO rating was 554. News and Roundtable China were on the air. Republic of Yemen Radio via Saudi Arabia was heard on 11860 kHz on May 6 from 1630 to 1705 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 343. Talk program and local songs were aired. 
Reach Beyond via Now in Germany was heard on 13800 kilohertz on May 2nd from 1529 with the interval signal to 1545 UTC in Russian. SIO rating was 252. ID was given at 1530 followed by talk program and gospel songs. VOA via Botswana was received on 6195 kilohertz on May 9th from 2000 to 2020 UTC in English. SIO rating was 554. VOA news and correspondent report were broadcast until 2005. Their music program for Africa started. KNLS from Anchor Point, USA was heard on 9695 kHz on May 5th from the sign on at 0801 to 0827 UTC in English. SIO rating was 555, then down to 554. The program started at 0801 with ID, then some popular songs by Lady Gaga were played. NHK World Radio Japan via Cypress Creek, USA was heard on 6195 kHz on May 3rd from 0930 with interval signal to 0940 UTC in Spanish. ID was given at 0930, then news started. Finally, Japan Showtime Club will issue the QSL cards for the correct reports on our segment of WebCM program. We are issuing QSL card by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl at live.jp. I repeat, jswcqsl at live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSL card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to JSWC PO Box 44 Kamakura, which is K A M A K U R A, postal code 248 8691, Japan. One ILC or two US dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we would like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi, Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Mitsunori Kawazoe, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa, and Mr. Hiroyuki Akiba for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Showtime Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo. Thank you, Yukiko. And we have an inquiry here from Federico. He says, I'm Federico from China. I'm a Spanish translator. I always listen to WaveScan via AWR in English every Sunday. I usually listen to it on my radio, but sometimes I listen on the SDR on the internet. On May 10th, 2020, I listened to your programs on 15670 kilohertz, AWR's English broadcast targeted to South Asia. Can you tell me what are the DX reports that you have on every Sunday in the month? Well,、uh, we are pleased to include DX reports from five experienced international radio monitors. In our program, WaveScan. Generally, they appear in the program、uh, according to this scheduling. On the first Sunday of each month, we have Yukiko Tsuji in Japan.
as we just heard. On the second Sunday of each month, Henry Umatai from the Philippines. On the third Sunday, Salahuddin Dolar from Bangladesh. On the fourth Sunday of each month, Bob Padula joins us from Australia. And when there is a fifth Sunday in the month, Prithwaraj Burkayasta has a DX report from India. We also have occasional additional DX reports from Harold Sellers in Canada, Joseph Jacobs in India, and others who send us interesting information for inclusion here in the program. I want to mention a few reception reports that we've uh, received recently. Raven Red Fox writes to us from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and she heard WaveScan at 0330 UTC on 9955 kilohertz, talking about the Australian call sign VLS. Thank you very much, Raven, who I believe is a, uh, a musical performer uh, there in New Mexico. Luis Alejandro Vallebueno from Durango, Mexico, listened to us on 9955 kilohertz at 0130 UTC. He heard AWR WaveScan with a mention of the history of the first radio station in Australia. Reception quality was pretty good, 45344. Then Zach Alvarez writes to us from Das Marinas in Cavite, Philippines. Says, I have received and heard uh, your program in English on 12.040 kilohertz. That's from Agat Guam from KSDA. Says, I was listening to WaveScan at exactly 2200 to 2230 UTC. Heard the program in English as AWR WaveScan about the history of medium wave in Australia, including VLS, also the Indian DX report. The reception was excellent, but a little bit of noise and fading on this frequency. I always listen to AWR WaveScan every Sunday, which is Monday morning in the Philippines. All right. Thank you, Zach Alvarez, uh, who heard us with a simple of 55445 there in Das Marinas Cavite in the Philippines. And finally, Angel Meneses sends a report from Santiago de los Caballeros in the Dominican Republic. He heard WaveScan at 9955 kilohertz at 2200 UTC, and he says, WaveScan es interesante porque me gusta recepcionar la onda corta y este programa habla sobre este tema actual e histórico. Aunque este programa es en inglés, lo puedo entender. <laughs> Which means that he finds WaveScan interesting. Um, to, he likes to listen to shortwave, and this program talks about shortwave uh, today and historical perspectives as well. He says, although the program's in English, he can understand it. And we end the program again with uh, music from the Himalayan tourist train. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio scene on the regional islands in the South Pacific, Vanuatu. Also more from HFCC in Malaysia and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok that I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. 
Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, in Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>